We're live. We're live. <laughs> we better not be live. <laughs> we're live from Studio 1B. I mean, that's how it usually goes. But we're back with an episode of Controlled Chaos. This time we have a special guest, Liz from Team Fortress. Woohoo! Team Fortress. Yes, Fortress Athletics. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm happy, excited happy. about this weekend. You get you get the Fortress for a whole weekend. I mean, you want to talk about some chaos. <laughs> I've been trying to get Team Fortress for a while to come in. Um, I know several members, so yeah, it's bound to happen. Yeah, well, we appreciate you having us. We love you guys. We hear a lot, a lot of good stuff about you guys. So really, yeah, that's good. We do, we do. I mean, it's good that people hear about us because we're only a year in. Yeah. So well, you're doing good. Yeah, a year this month, so it's big for us. It's a great place. <laughs> Uh, I mean, to start things off, how about you introduce yourself to our population of people? Um, okay. Everyone pretty much in this gym is pretty new to powerlifting or they've only been in for under five years. So. Oh, wow. Okay. Bring That's you cool. in was kind of like, we're bringing who in? <laughs> like, hey, I, I mean that's in, what i crazy. say like liz who <laughs> i'm nobody special <laughs> well no it's just the the team how big your team is yeah like everyone's just like how how did that happen that is a great question um and honestly like i have these moments you know four and a half years into starting fortress and i'm just overwhelmed with um how much it's grown the team that we've built it's it's wild to go how fortress started i was actually in a gym and i had a community of people and i became a remote coach because i moved away and i had this team and i was like you know i'm, I'm moving away i don't is it okay if i coach you remotely so i was in kansas city at the time the kansas city area and I had a team of about 15 athletes. Um, I was in business with another guy at the time and we split ways about five weeks before I was moving out to Washington. And so I was like, you know, what do you guys want to do? And they said, Liz, we want to stay with you. <laughs> um, so we all got together and uh, we were talking about like, what should we name the business? And Fortress came to mind and we call it Fortress because it's a safe place it's a place where people felt like they were protected, uh, where they could come in and train and just focus on powerlifting, be who they are. So we started Fortress Athletics five weeks before I moved away from Kansas City, which is wild because my business grew so much in Kansas City after I left. <laughs> so I moved out to Washington. I was in Washington State. I had this brand new business and I had about 15 athletes in Kansas City. So... I, uh, COVID happened, right? And COVID was actually wonderful for my business because the gym that I was at at the time, you know, all the gyms closed down. Mm -hmm. So, uh, athletes started coming to my garage because I had this huge setup in my garage. And so everybody was doing remote coaching at that time. And I had Madeline Scott. Are you familiar with Madeline Scott? She is, she's a monster. I probably know, I probably know Instagram names better than yeah, I know um, people's names. Strong like Madeline. She's got, she's got close to a 1200 total. Um, she's, uh, she's competed. She competed in the IPF for a while. Okay. Um, and now we're kind of bringing over her, her over to our side. I'm trying to get her in the WRPF. She competed in goddess, but she just recently pulled 500 pounds. 
Um, it was at a charity meet, so it's not official, but we're going to make it official mm-hmm. really soon. But so she was training with me and uh, and my online business just started growing because we were putting everything online. And so over the past four years, Fortress went from 15 athletes to now we're close to 100 between Jessica and I We're close to 100 athletes all over. And so it's wild because we're remote athletes are everywhere but we've created this community of people that they're all friends everybody's close i mean you know we were here a couple weeks ago with um there were like six girls here Mm -hmm. and we were all training together people meet up in different parts of the country and they travel we all travel together and handle each other at our meets uh any meet that i've hosted We've got probably 20, 30 athletes there. So maybe 10 compete. The rest of them are handling each other, Mm -hmm. spot and loading, volunteering. And that was like a huge vision for me for Fortress was that if we're going to if we're going to be doing something, uh, we're going to not just be consumers of the sport. We're going to be contributors to it. Mm And that's very important to me. So I've always tried to get my athletes involved in what we're doing. And if you come onto our team, you don't have to do our charities. You don't have to be a part of our fundraisers. You don't have to volunteer your time, but it's always going to be offered to you. And you're going to have an opportunity to give back in this sport. And I think that that's why Fortress has done so well, because we've built everything that we do around something positive in the community Mm -hmm. and when people come together and they're a part of something they don't know how beneficial it is to them or how it impacts their life until they get out there and do example uh we had an athlete that was competing out in wisconsin and so the meat director out there this is two years ago the meat director out there needed spotters and loaders and so one of our athletes was competing and all of us went out there there were like six girls that went out there just to go take care of her and watch her at her meet because that's just how we are. (laughs) And the meet director was, uh, he didn't have any spotters and loaders, so he was short. Mm -hmm. So my girls got up there on that platform. It was their first time spotting and loading. I got up there and I was like, listen, you'll figure it out. Here's what you do. And I said, don't, don't worry about it. Nobody knows what they're doing the first time. We usually don't know what we're doing the second or third time. It's There's a learning curve, but you're going to pick it up and just have fun. And don't worry what anybody thinks. I'll be right up there with you. So I'm coaching my athlete. And I'm standing in the corner like, you know, trying to help them figure out how to do the run the rack and all that. But they did. And I had, I had this girl up there catching like 500 pound squats and and were they perfect at it? No, but they volunteered their time and they got up there and they did something that was scary. And guess what? On the flip side of it, they felt great about themselves. They learned something new that get, that instilled mm-hmm. confidence in them. And that's something that's huge for me, for my athletes. You look at the women, especially that come on our team and we're not all female, by the way. A lot of people think that we are because we have this huge femme force, but I do train male athletes. I love training male athletes and I have a big chunk of them. They're just not as, you know, <laughs> social media driven as women are. But um, but you look at the women that come on our team and they you look at them a year later and they are not the same person. They don't look the same, like their face doesn't even look the same. 
they'll send their progress photos and they start, you know, with their head down. And mm -hmm. my biggest goal is for them and, and a year later in their progress pictures, they're looking up and they're smiling. When did you start noticing that? Because that's actually interesting that like don't see it until people start like uh, prepping for a show. For instance, mm -hmm. people who go through weight loss, they don't notice anything until they prep for a show and they're like, hey, wait, I, wait a minute. I actually look good. Yeah. Uh, for for our team and the people that I coach, I want them to feel good. Right. I want them to feel good about themselves. And I think that that glow that happens in a person, I think that the body composition changes the that glow that happens happens as a result of people falling in love with themselves mm -hmm. because they are in a process of self-discovery i try to get people to where that they're not so focused on the result and the end goal and this ideal that they have of themselves right because when you have a goal even if it's you on a platform you you have an ideal you have a goal that you're after, but ultimately you don't know what that result is going to be, right? And so I say, let's focus on the work that we're doing to get there and let's find our self-worth or our value in what we're doing day to day. You can discover yourself every day instead of being disappointed in yourself at the end of every day because you're not who you think you're supposed to be or you haven't achieved that total or what. So I really try to keep people focused on who they are in finding their sense of worth in the work that they're doing and and having people around them that encourage that feeling like they're giving back doing something positive around them you know the, the, they're doing better at work their relationships are getting better they have better relationships with their kids those kinds of things are what i feel are important and that powerlifting is kind of my sphere of influence for that um and i just try and keep people focused on what's really important because at the end of the day we all want to be happy right mm -hmm. yeah it does i have you know i have women that you know by the world standards are ideal right tiny waist and perfect little bind perfectly you know magazine cover whatever and they're always disappointed they're not ultimately happy, right? I'm not, I'm not saying everyone, but but then you can have a, a woman who's maybe, I don't know, 30, 40, 50 pounds overweight, but they, they're sexy and they feel good about themselves and they're happy and they have great relationships and great friendships and they're not always complaining and they're always grateful. And, they're, and that's what it comes down to, right? Is gratitude. Like, what are you really focused on? Are you focused on, you know, these external things um, and finding your self-worth and like what other people, how they react to you? Or are you putting something out into the world and impacting people's lives around you? And you're, you know, you're sharing that energy with them. And I think that that's the difference. Like some people come in and they're just so grateful to be able to lift. Whereas other people come in and they're like, <sighs> Oh my God, like I, you know, this time last week I was squatting this much. I'm like, well, you're in a deload. So that's why you're not squatting that much this week. You know, it's just like the negativity. Mm -hmm. And so I'm always trying to shift people's focus on the things that really matter. And like the big picture, you know, so why are we so short-sighted? 
So most coaching doesn't do that. I mean, you've been around long enough now to see it. Yeah. Different coaching styles. I would say the biggest is like most of the coaches out of here are very good with it and keeping people like centered and not super, super negative because they have that sort of whole picture that you do where like you do have some clients who come in and uh, they worked with somebody in the past and they're not looking at their outside life and other factors. And they really just are looking at their powerlifting aspect mm -hmm. and if they're getting better and they're not actually connecting with them personally. So then over time they, they do fall behind and mm -hmm. then they are miserable because, you know, while their numbers are going in the right direction, well, you don't have that in-person connection that everybody else does. And then you kind of see them either just like burn out and kind of fall out of love with powerlifting or transition mm -hmm. to new coaches. I mean, yeah, I mean, I get a lot of people who come to me because they're like, I hate powerlifting. I used to love it. And I hate it. Why does everybody on your team seem so happy? Yeah, no, and, yeah everyone on your team is they're so happy. And not everyone. Most of them. I say, yeah. I put them, I, I put the whiners in timeout. They'll tell you. <laughs> um, well, and, you know, I'm not fortunate enough to have brick and mortar. I would love to. Hopefully one day I will. But I have people like you. This is a home away from home, right? You'll always welcome us here. And um, and but a lot of gyms have that community in them. They'll they'll build a team of people, even if it's not a team like Team Chaos. It's still your gym members and people connect with each other and meet mm -hmm. up. And and I I've had that moments throughout my life and my my lifting experience is always better. I'm, I know, like, I'm going to have two days of teaching this clinic, but I guarantee you my squat on Sunday, my 10 weeks out squat is going to go great because I'm going to have that energy of mm -hmm. all these people that I love and care about me around me, right? So I haven't always had that luxury. I've always been a nomad. I've never lived anywhere longer than two two and a half years. So I've always had to go to different gyms and my my business has always been remote, but that community has been always been so important to me and feeling like you have that support and feeling like you have people that know what you're going through. I mean, I've, sometimes I feel like the wizard of Oz now, like I'm behind a curtain because everybody, everybody on the team is like best friends. I'm like, I'll go talk to each other about it. And they do talk to each other about, I'll hear about it later. I'm like, well, we're going to talk to me about that. Um, but it's just beautiful. I, I remember, a year into a year into Fortress, I was at dinner with a good friend of mine, JP Price, and he goes, he goes, Liz, why do you call it Fortress Athletics? Why don't you call it Liz Train Coaching? Like, what is your why? And I told him, I said, I know it doesn't make sense to a lot of people, but this is my vision. Yeah, I want to create name. a team. It's yeah, it's not my last name. We're not going to talk about my last name. <laughs> you can go look on my Instagram page. But um, you can just call me Liz Fortress. So I said, my vision is to create a community that's remote, but connected. So we're, we're connected online, but we actually get together and help each other and um, make friendships. And they feel the same support all around. Because not everybody, even if they're in a gym, feels like they have community right they're just it going in there doing their power lifting but they can be with us you know talking to us about what's going on and we understand and we're there for them and and 
I said, I just believe in team. I believe in community. And when you have core values, right? And you're leading from that space. That's how you live your life. That's how you talk to people. That's how you plan things. And so it just starts to unfold right and then all of a sudden i remember i was sitting with him again because we were like coaching athletes out of me and we were at this um we we're at this hibachi restaurant and it was at the indie meet that uh joey joey and aaron out in indianapolis uh fortress sponsored that meet and we had maybe 15 athletes there and we're all sitting at dinner and i'm looking around i'm not doing anything i'm just sitting there eating my hibachi and these girls are just giggling and they're laughing and one of them was like from indiana one of them was from iowa one of them was from pennsylvania you know one of them was from kansas one of them was from missouri and they're all sitting there and they're just laughing and none of them knew each other before fortress existed and I don't take the credit for that, right? Like I'm, I didn't go and be like, hold each other's hands, you know, but that was my vision. And to see that play out is, is wild to me. And it just continues to grow and it doesn't slow down. And people come onto our team all the time because they're like, we want to be a part of something like that. And is we're not just athletes. I mean, you look at our athletes, they're really good. Mm-hmm. They're they are really good. We really care about creating great athletes. But you know what? When my athletes walk out onto a platform, if I'm not there, even if they're the only one, I want the officials, the the other athletes in the room, I want people to be like, that's a fortress athlete because mm-hmm. they have that thing about them. And that's what's important to me is, is the people that I lead, that they have character, that they make an impact. You know, I always say, we, if you have, you know, the power and the position and the privilege to do good with whatever it is that you do, <laughs> then why not? And if I can create opportunities for people that I lead to be a part of that, they can or they can't, but I'm, I'm still going to do something right. Um, and create those opportunities. I mean, and that's how we felt with creating this space we basically did exactly what we want to do with your brick and mortar is that we wanted to create a community we came from all the corporate gyms in the area and we decided to do our own thing mm-hmm. um and slowly but surely it's just a big one giant family and because you leave from that yeah. space i mean yeah, so it follows is not about the family aspect yeah. that's why it's yeah. like yeah i want team fortress in here i want whoever's coaching to be in here it's um the expanding of the family is always yeah. the mission. It's and making like, the space better for them. Yeah. And like you said, like it's not something that you actively sought to do. It just happens. It just and happens. You then see people going out after their workout at like eight o'clock to Waffle House, yeah. in this big group. And it's like, yeah, that's not anything we can do. Like we're not telling them to go have dinner with each other. It just, it happens. You're creating yeah. the space for people to come in to be themselves, to feel safe, right? And mm-hmm. and and you forge these friendships. And often that's the energy that they get from the leaders at the gym, right? They're, how, how do you make somebody feel when they walk through the door? Well, how you make them feel as the leader is oftentimes how they're going to walk into a room and present themselves to other people you know they're not they're, they don't feel awkward and like they're not welcome if they can walk with their head up or feel like 
like for example you say hey i just want you to know that if there's if if you don't know how to use a machine or whatever like ask this person over here and then you introduce them right and mm -hmm. then that person's like oh i don't have to feel super awkward mm -hmm. um and just making people feel comfortable with being who they are I kind of like yeah. introducing cousins, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> it's like you—you you might not know them. You're—you're you're part of the family. But your family. You know who this person yeah, is. That's my cousin. You show up to the reunion, and it's 20 new people you've never met before. Yeah. And that's how it was. With, I'm like, avoiding Liz. family reunions. I saw reunions. like Liz walking around, and I was like, Liz, this is Clay. This is Jane. This <laughs> yeah. is this person. Yeah, uh, and I—I I get that here, and it's—it's it's really important to me who I align myself with as well. And that's hard because a lot of people are going to present themselves in a certain way, right? A lot of people, and I was going to touch on this, but if if you're a leader, whether it's a coach or a gym owner or, or whatever, um, and you have this thing that you want to do, but you don't really have your own core values, right? You have to mirror other people. You have to copy or mirror or look at what someone else is doing and then try to duplicate that or what's the saying often imitated never duplicated mm -hmm. it it falls apart the foundation is weak the core values aren't there at the end of the day are there are they laying their head on their pillow going what you know what what were my shortcomings today as a leader what who who in my community did maybe you know i wasn't careful with or what did I do that's going to reflect poorly on me what how how can I be above reproach right so I I try and align myself with people who you know, have a good track record or whatever but at the end of the day especially nowadays yeah, yeah. right and but people come out of the woodwork and and you just don't know right you don't know especially with me i i i'm a nomad i have to collaborate with people i have to be like hey sean can i come do a seminar at your gym i don't have a gym so i have to be like hey you want to run a meet with me next year yeah yes okay that was a yes y'all got that on record thank you it's a verbal contract that's a verbal yeah. contract <laughs> uh i feel like i can shake your hands on things but but right like i could um everybody could think sean is this great guy and and then I come here and, or I find out a month before, like, oh, he's got a criminal record. Yeah. He doesn't. A a or do you? A Goob alert. Yeah. Oh, and then Sean shows up on Goob like one month before. And then I've got to find a new, and I find a new gym. And I, you know, this is, and it's hard because I'm like, oh my God, this is, but at the end of the day, like you can't, people are going to deceive you. People are going to pull the wool over your eyes. People are going to hurt you. People are, your name is going to get messy um, and you will find yourself like trying to fix a mess and it makes things messier. And I think it's so important as a leader when, when these things start coming out and people are, you know, the fall from grace or whatever that instead of going, well, I'm glad it wasn't me. We go, okay. How can I learn from this? How can mm -hmm. I learn from this and how to be careful? Mm -hmm. Because a lot of people don't start out as bad people, right? They they fall into a trap or they fall into whatever and they they end up in these situations that they never dreamed of being. But that's why you always have to be so self-aware and 
I'll tell you, like it causes me so much anxiety because I have these codes and like these standards that I live by. And sometimes I'm moving outside of those. Uh, and I'm like, oh, I got to get back on. I got to get back on course because you it's just too easy to follow the crowd Too, if I did what was easy, you could ask anybody that like knows me and has known me for a while. I've taken no shortcuts. I have done so many hard things. I have like my hair got real gray this past year <laughs> um, because I, you know, I've had to take on a lot of hard shit and it's, but I always end up being okay. If at the end of the day, you can lay your head on your pillow with a clean conscience. And if there's ever a night where I'm up, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I, I correct it. You know, I, I self-reflect. I get on that path to back to where things are good and healthy and safe because our motto is, you know, to protect the integrity of the sport and the integrity of its lifters. And anytime I feel like that's compromised and I was responsible for it, I can't sleep. I can't sleep. And, um, and I, I, I don't know if you feel the same way, but it's hard because you're leading all these people and you can't control what people do sometimes. <laughs> He's giving me this look because uh, recently I had the same thing where I was outside of my own ethics for a moment. And mm -hmm. I was like, nope, I'm leaving this group chat, not yep. going out. I have to be the most unbiased person here because mm -hmm. if anything issues does occur, then I have to be the, the voice of reason. I have to be the authority. And... I will often, unfortunately, turn down invites to go out places and be around people because it's like I never want to show favoritism because mm -hmm. everyone in my eyes is equal. Everyone is yeah. a family member. Yep. Yeah. And <clears throat> Ryan will be the person like, oh, it's okay. You can hang out with these people. And it's like, unfortunately. Above reproach, yeah, right? A big sigh. I can't, like, I never be in a position where I make anyone feel uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. um, what's the thing I do with, like, the... Anytime I have any messages with females, uh -huh. I have to wife read it. I have yeah. to and read it. Yeah. God, it's where, always... <laughs> do they do they make more of you? It's it's I mean, where are men these situation. days? I'm not sure. Yeah. It's it that's it's accountability, right? Mm -hmm. Kim, Kim Mossberg is yep. uh, my director of operations and Sean knows her well, but she is my and Jessica Rogers as well, of course. Um they are they are my accountability and I share everything with them. They have the passwords to all of my accounts. They know all of my money, which is not very much. Um, and they, when I do something stupid, when I make a poor moral decision, I tell them, I tell them. And I, you know, you've got to have those people that are, are keeping you in line because it's so easy to to just stray from that and just find out like how did I end up here, right? Yeah. And you know, you're talking about who who do I go out with, who do I hang out with? I mean, I like I'm wild. I'll go out and have a good time, but I'm I'm never gonna get outside my my space where I could compromise my whole entire business, right? Mm -hmm. So it's always gonna be with somebody that I feel safe with and I'm no I'm no I'm not no stick in the mud. I'm not stuck up. I'm a free spirit. I love to have a great time. But at the end of the day, my my integrity matters to me. My reputation matters to me. Why? Do I care what people think about me? Hell yeah. yes I do. Hell yes, I do care what people think about me because what people think about me is that impacts like a hundred people mm -hmm. that I'm leading that Jessica and I are leading. It impacts Jessica's mm -hmm. business, right? Yeah. Like 
I think about how would this affect Jessica? And that's the space that I live in. And I think that's why we're okay so far. I mean, that's, I mean, <laughs> I that's ground zero for what happened in February with was, everything that went on. Is yeah. that like, I'm, I'm hitting them up like, guys, we have to make a statement because yeah. we are not going to be the ones on the side of history that, you know, is taken out of context or our values are ever questioned. And when that happened, we we sat at the table for like three or four hours just talking. We had a uh, we had Ryan come in and we talked with Ryan and it was just planning like, okay, what what do we do? What is the right approach to this? Because again, it's like there is so much wrong that has been done. Yeah, and it's like it doesn't fall in line with our values. How are they going to react to it? And then seeing as how they did, it was just like, what is the next steps? How do we foster the community outside of USAPL? Like what was the next approach? And it was, that was a tough. And so we decided a couple days our, take yeah. it in our own hands instead of having anyone else decide our fate. It's, yeah. Now we decide who we align with, who we do our contracts, like who we do slate, anything. We right? bring in with people, like yeah. who's on staff with yeah. events, and I run background checks through every. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I didn't have to run one on you because I've known you for years. Don't run a background check on me. You'll find all my my speeding tickets. Same. <laughs> um. <clears throat> anyway, so yes, and the people that are the loudest usually about a controversy are usually the ones that you have to look at the fastest. And you, you, I have been vocal um, on occasion. I don't like call out culture because I feel like it takes everybody's eyes off of their own, you know. Mm-hmm sick shit they're doing mm-hmm. in their own lives maybe in their family and they're just like oh look at what you know this per thing this person did um we could all be put on a stand right and um and when the you know when the uspa thing happened again like the we were raising money for victims of domestic violence and sexual abuse i started that in december um, so that had nothing to do with anything. I mean, that's always a, something that I've been very passionate about. And, um, and when the downfall happened, which I won't go into detail about any of my involvement in that, but the, the, the intent was never to like take down a whole federation, you know, but you pull a thread and the, the, this, all this stuff starts unraveling and it gets so overwhelming. And eventually, so I've got this, I've got this meet with all these women in this federation and we're raising money and bringing awareness to sexual abuse and, you know, abuse of power basically. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I've got to have that you know so for me i had to take a stand to talk about what i believed i could have done it behind the scenes um but but i was in a position where i had to make a decision what is the right thing to do because it wasn't you know like church and mark love her did it wasn't the it wasn't the me it wasn't that it was like what do we stand for mm-hmm. and what is the right thing to do right now when you can't see the future right I don't know what's going to happen, but probably the biggest reason, because the, the goal was to bring in a new board and, and, and move better people into a position. Well, 
when you know Travis and all these people and that I love and respect and that are my friends that I know already listen to me Ashley um, I mean I can text them and say hey I have this idea Garrett Joe all of them they're like what do you need Liz how can we help you how can we get behind this thing that you want to do I never had that before and so I'm like well this is an easy decision for me because yes I've got athletes I need to take care of and what I stand for matters but I'm also an employee technically like contracted for this federation and like how are they treating me i'm like spending all this work and all this time you know trying to do good and 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 they've just been awesome and so for me it was like an easy decision but you do you have to take you have to take a stand and people are watching you like what does sean believe what's right. he going to do in this circumstance and this isn't the last time this is going to happen nope. mm -mm. and it takes like at least a year off my life every time a crisis happens like i have to go get more botox every time like <laughs> the wrinkles are y'all y'all need to calm down out there stop hurting people please <laughs> uh do you want to go into a funny question i do it's something i've been wondering just because i've noticed it for so long where did fort ass come from fort it's not fort ass reread that you wrote it down for ass, yes. fortress, like fortress, but oh, fortress. Yeah, so I don't know if you guys have noticed, but the our team they have huge asses, and if you don't start with one, you're gonna have one. You're gonna get one. So it's like the th it's like the thing we build big glutes on our team. Um, I teach people how to use their glutes. And those are some big, powerful muscles, right? I mean, they carry power in more ways than one. <laughs> but I teach the women how to use their glutes in a lift. And as a result, you know, you, you can go do all your cable kickbacks. But really, <laughs> you know, if you can learn how to use your glutes in a, a, a deadlift or a squat um, and everything else, then it's going to grow, 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 grow. We're like ass fertilizer. <laughs> we are. Like we, uh, I should just like patent it. I could, I could literally be a millionaire because I fertilize people's asses. If you want a huge ass, call me. But you, you can't. Yeah. I just saw the trend like maybe like three weeks in a row. I'm like, I guess it's a Wednesday. It's Fortress Wednesday, yes. Hump Day. And I was like, that's everyone's favorite day. This is just, it'll be like thirty people tagging these girls' slides too. So like I, people I know on the team, that's it's so like. Proud. Candace, Kim, Katie, um, I don't know her name, but Miss Jack. Oh, Jacqueline. I about, I She's Miss Jack. She's the the, an angel. And then, of course, Jessica. But, oh, yeah. Jessica's so got six, seven times. And I'm like, are they meaning to do this? It's just like an empowerment yes. thing. It's, like, it's, 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 you know, I think that women need to be. I want women to feel sexy, right? But not necessarily to be sexualized. So I teach women like how to set boundaries and have boundaries and all that stuff. But don't feel like you have to cover yourself up. Like if you're proud of your body and you, because we're, we like this, the body that I have, I, I, you want to talk about mom bod? I'm like flat ass. I had, you know, uh, I'm shaped like a refrigerator. I mean, well, I can show y'all the before and afters, but I built this. No shortcuts, built it. Starting at 34, 33 years old. And I'm 42 now. And I'm just like, you know, and I want women to 
to be able to do that and feel good about that. Um, but also respect themselves and know that other people need to respect that as well. So I'm like, show your ass off. That's a glute. Those are your glutes. Those grew because you become a great lifter and be proud of that. So that's where Fort Ass Wednesday comes from. And we are very, we do, we're very proud of our asses in this business. Just go, just go look, just go follow the, the rabbit trail. And unless, unless you're married or have a girlfriend or whatever. That is. <laughs> <laughs> or do it with your, tell your wife to join the team. <laughs> My wife would be the one that like, hey, did you see? Yeah. You're yeah. Posting again. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan, do you have any questions? Since you're Ryan is pretty new. Ryan's only been I'm in the game for about new. a year into a, powerlifting. A year oh yeah, truly powerlifting. Okay, um, I had started with Sean back at the old gym, like January of 22, but I started powerlifting officially in like July of 22. Um, what's a good question? How old are you? I'm 24. I'm about to be 25 okay. in like a week. Okay, so you're days. almost not a junior anymore. No, I'm I'm technically no longer a junior. Is that 24 when you're not a junior? <clears throat> yes. Okay. Yep. What do I know? I'm just a meat director and official. But <laughs> Kim, Kim, I'm like, what's the membership fee again? I'm like, what's the rule on this? And she's like, Kim, that's what Kim's job but, uh, is. So, I mean, I also have a background in like sports science. I went to college for it. You had said you have over 100 clients split between you mm -hmm. and Jessica. Mm -hmm. Does it get overwhelming? Because yes. when we were at AmFam, mm -hmm. I think at my peak clients, I had about 16 in person uh -huh. and I was training like 21 hours a week, but I was there about like 50. I remember the worst time of my life there. I was there 21 days in a row, no oh. days off. And it was just so overwhelming and I felt burnt out. Like, how do you deal with that? That's a great question. Um, this definitely isn't for everyone, right? Um, and you have to have, uh, you know, I've been doing this for eight years. And so I've learned how to manage this and really figure out what's important and what's not, you know, where I'm trying to get my clients to to like look at the tree mm -hmm. in the forest, right? And and I know where the tree is, or I need them to learn how to show me the tree, okay? Because if we're dealing with the whole forest and, you know, if they send me 82 videos of everything, I'm like, uh, 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 we're going to cut down all those trees. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's a trained eye for one um, and really knowing how to get to the point. And, and now with that said, like when somebody starts with me, they need a lot more work mm -hmm. and I might spend a lot more time, but over time I've kind of learned how to move in a rotation that uh, not everybody needs me all the time at every single second. Right. And I try and teach my athletes to have autonomy. I'm not your personal trainer. I'm your remote coach. You don't pay me enough money to be up your ass. Like if you're going to text me and ask me what to do next, I might not be available because that's not mm -hmm. what you pay me for. So that's been boundaries has been huge for me and setting up expectations. So I tell my athletes, I'm like, I'm going to put you on a two, three, four day rotation. Send me your lifts when you do them. One of each, you know, <laughs> unless they're newer and I need to look at more things. And I always get to that lift, at least by the time they do it again. But it's usually every two or three days and they expect that. So you set up these expectations with them. Also, I have all of my athletes in folders. So 
I go through and now when when I first started programming for people, I'm a total nerd, okay? Like I would sit there for hours. Like when I had 10, 15 people, I'm like studying everything and learning all this stuff. And then over the last eight years, I, I would say I have proprietary programming. <laughs> I've kind of learned like what what works and mm-hmm. exactly like what to do. I I know I'm all over the place and it seems like I'm never paying attention, but I am like hyper focused on my athletes. I'll be looking over there, but I know exactly what they're doing, exactly what to do with them. So they might not even feel like they're getting, you know, the whatever attention, but you look at my athlete and the progress that they're making. And a lot, a lot of times that's why somebody comes on the team because I will make you better. I do see what needs to be fixed, but you're obsessing over everything else. Mm -hmm. And I'm keeping your eye on what's important. And so it's really about time management and, uh, Kim has helped me a lot with that. There's a lot of things, you know, as, it, as your business grows and uh, you've got people that help you, right? Yeah, I can't do everything myself. Right. I mean, yeah, and you learn. You learn uh, most of the people that work for me, um, I would say work with me. Um, I feel like I'm just a part of the team and they all have their role. And But most of them have been my athlete for years. You know, we brought Rebecca trainer queen she's our mobility and rehab coach changing the lives of all of my athletes who are broken she works on their internal health right um i worked with her for almost three years before i brought her on as a partner you know as part of the team same with jessica i knew her for two two and a half years before i was like hey do you want to do this with me because i need a me and you are me (laughs) and she's amazing she's changed my life like now rebecca has but i have i trust them and so i'll just let them do whatever they want right and kim i'll be like oh my god i need this email i'm in the carpool line and i'll say can you draft this email for me and then she'll put it in my drafts and i'll press send you know so it's about learning how Mm -hmm. to manage your own time to set boundaries and then you just get better at stuff you get better at it. You know how to program. It's not, you're not having yeah. to bust your brain cells. So in five years from now as your coach and you'll be able to grow your team. You'll have a system. I have two years worth of blocks, beautiful, brilliant blocks that I've written. And I'm real proud of. <laughs> um, and I can copy and paste a lot of those things. I'll edit them and tailor them to the mm-hmm. athlete. But I'm like, this works for the general public. And this, this, block is a bench focused block so i'm not gonna write something brand new yeah like you're not that special i feel that you know what i'm saying like it's it's so you build this system Mm -hmm. and then it gets easier and now i get to do things like have fun and go out to dinner and i don't have much of a social life but you know it's important to me to build a foundation where i'm able to actually also have a life um I want to settle down. I want to be in a relationship one day and have like a community and friends. And I can't do that if I'm always like overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. And that comes with boundaries, being able to have a personal life. Got to set your boundaries. So, um, so how long, so you've been lifting for a year. Yep. And um, are you USAPL? I am USAPL. Okay, uh, cool. That's- Honestly, purely out of convenience. Yeah. So it was our first ever meet here in October that we hosted. Um, when we talked with Saber and we got it set up, I think it got posted on like a Friday. And by Monday, I signed up. And then I said to Sean, I was like, all right, let's switch it from general strength. Because at the time uh, in college, my strength coach, he was just a bodybuilder. 
Uh-huh. So everything we were doing was just wrong. And like I'm in <laughs> classes learning about the right way to train athletes. And I'm like, this is what I should be doing. But like, I'm just like, I have to follow this program or I'm running laps. Yeah. And uh, uh. I was never particularly very strong. Uh-huh. I could do a lot of volume. Yeah. Well, yeah. But I couldn't if you're do a bodybuilding, if, you if your coach was a bodybuilding yeah. coach, I'm sure. And uh, as soon as I sent that message, we just switched it up right away. And uh, it's been great since. I mean... You had just put up the one post. I think within the year of doing it, we've added like 240-something onto my total. Damn. New games yeah. went through the roof. Yeah. This bump through the across roof. the table. Uh, but again, it's it's just the beginning, and it's like yeah. after doing all that, you know, the goals are only higher. Oh, yeah. I remember when we uh, we had put up a graphic for New Year's of like, oh, your 2023 goals by the end of the year, what do you want to hit? And at the time, I think I had said like, 420 on deadlift 400 for squat or like not even that i think it was like 375 uh-huh. for squat and then like 260 for bench um, and then by like march i had hit the yeah. squat i mean it was to a box you like a 12 inch box but uh yeah yeah it's just seeing what we've done now and where we're gonna go with it it's a lot of exciting stuff i'm excited it's for like you having the i'm gonna have to follow your journey yeah. It's a, I don't, I'm not the best at posting. I mostly post like just funny things. Whatever songs are like stuck in my head at the time is what I put on. Especially but, uh, R&B. Well, oh, now you have to because we're all going to be oh, watching. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a whole R&B head. He's from Philly. Oh, really? I, I <laughs> but uh, yeah, like having the background I think has gotten me into it more where it's like working behind the scenes. Like in October, it was funny because leading up to it, I was more concerned on how the actual event went and mm-hmm. not at all about how I competed. And then I did July, or not July, June, and it was the same thing. But at the start, I was like, no, I want to go as hard as I can. I want to do great. And then the closer we got, I was like, oh, this is our biggest meet. We have 120 lifters registered, dropped down to 106. And I'm like, I don't care how I compete. I just want this to go really well and like everybody yeah. to come back and yeah. sign up. And then we started WRPF. And unfortunately, I missed our first one because uh, I didn't realize my vacation had timed up perfectly with it which kind of sucked you also missed meeting travis and yeah uh, which like nabil's world record at the uh, time so it's like with november coming up i'm like okay i'm all on the back end stuff like just seeing it uh-huh. we're in the process of becoming usapl reps too uh to help yeah. out with saber and i'm it's a just usapl like, ref it's like the I more started in USAPL. i mean i think it's good because again it's like you know sean had a hot take a while back about like using the specialty bars where it takes more skill to pull on a deadlift bar squat uh-huh. on a squat bar it, it is a great federation for anybody like myself yeah. to just get into it because again you don't have to worry about having a special i mean usapl kind of you know went through its thing and it's, it's gotten so much cooler now i mean i so i started out in usapl i was in usapl for five like the first five years and um and then i just like i I just wasn't having a great time. A lot of that had to do maybe with the meet, meets mm-hmm. I was going to and whatnot. But USAPL was like, and I still identify as like, you know, like the natty USAPL nerd who wears, you know, like, you know, matching whatever. And but I just never like, it's so, it's so funny to me that now I'm going to compete at the pro, <laughs> um, like in a mono lift. And it just, I never would have imagined that because I still identify as, 
you know, like a USA, USAPL lifter. And, and it's just only been the last couple of years that I've switched over. I was doing USPA and then now WRPF. Mm -hmm. But I just, I tell people, you know, Fortress, um, we started out, all of our athletes were USAPL. Our first team meet was USAPL. We took a bunch of uh, athletes to nationals. And I, it was really important to me. I remember making that decision a year in not to be a, a like about a federation. Mm -hmm. I was like, look, I don't care what you want to do. You want to be untested, tested, USAPL, RPS, APF, USPA, WRPF. I don't care. I just want you to go to a meet that you want to be in. That makes you happy. Get on platforms you love. And even for my like my advanced athletes, Madeline is a great example. You know, she's been just chipping away and chipping away. And she's had so much like political issues within the IPF. And all just just keeps happening. And I'm like, you know what, Madeline? You are so strong. Like ridiculous. Like she just pressed. I don't know, 250 something for several reps like air. <laughs> anyway, we love you, Madeline. Um, and I said, can we just, can we just move on past this? Can we just have fun now? Like, let's go get in a big meet. Like, mm -hmm. why don't we do the ghost clash or like the fighter quit or like come be at the pro with me next year? I don't want to do a pro next year. I don't know. I like, I would rather coach her there, you know? Um, and, and that's what I was thinking about. Cause it never really mattered to me what people did or that I had these big name athletes. Like I don't, I don't need to ride the coattails of my athlete's success. I just want them to be happy. But then I'm sitting here going, I'm looking at our athletes dot score and I'm like, wow y'all are a lot stronger than most people and and i was like i kind of want to show y'all off i was like so let's start getting in like really fun meets i don't want y'all to feel like you have to do something local i don't want you to feel like you have to do a fortress meet i want y'all to go show people who you are i'm gonna look at the last few teammates we've had and our athletes are always the one getting drug tested um and so i don't ever want to take away from the fact that my athletes are so strong I mean, like Jessica, you know, her athlete, um, Kelly, you know, she's the best lifter at, at Goddess. Um, and then Madeline was on the uh, drug tested day. Kelly was on the untested day. And I'm just looking at Jessica. I was like, we're really good at this. Like, we have really awesome people. And but we don't really think about that. That's not what we obsess over. And sometimes we're like, wow, we should probably, you know, <laughs> show them the world that's out there um so i'm kind of trying to do that right now like you you bitches deserve to be with the big kids i can't even believe i'm gonna be with the kid big kids i feel like you know mary Catherine gallagher like superstar like i'm gonna have to go out on the platform and like do a monologue before my first <laughs> squat and be like let me tell you about my journey to the pro platform at 42 <laughs> thanks for letting me come to the cool kids party that's me um so but i'm excited i mean well we'll just be I was there gonna say we'll just be your, there uh, combo yeah. racks and stuff <laughs> are uh, you gonna be are you gonna yeah. be at the y'all are gonna be at the yeah, pros we're gonna be in the warm-up room it's uh we're sponsoring the equipment oh yeah, my god it? so the racks you're gonna use so yeah you'll, you'll see me and him pull up in a big old yeah. box truck with oh all the equipment gosh. in it i i'm like i just i'm just so excited i i don't even care i know i'm gonna do a good job and i know i've got certain goals and my mindset about competing is totally different now like i really can just walk 
walk out there and be really calm. Hopefully everything will go well. My coach is Amber Dawn, Amber Vicious. She's amazing. She's amazing. If you don't come with us, you should call her. <laughs> no, call her. Um, she's just been the perfect coach for me. Um, she She's great at programming for me. And um, I like go her being, you know, being a competing in the meet and um, me being there. And then having like, I've always gone and handled people. I never had anybody handle me or coach me until USAPL nationals. And Michael Greeno is my coach at the time. And he came out there and handled me. And I was like, what is this? He's like, sit down. And he's like, let me do this for you. And I'm like, I don't know. So having like Jessica last year handle me at the good guys and having all these people like taking my knee sleeves off. I was like, I'm a diva. This is so cool. Cause this is like what I do for people. So having like the fortress team is going to have a VIP table and like right up front and all these people are going to be back in the warm up room. I'm so excited. I feel like I'm a real power lifter now. <laughs> like, <a> real, oh, now. <laughs> like finally. Yes, now. Um, so, but for me, like, I want to use Fortress as an opportunity to get eyes on what we do that's so important in this community, which Special Olympians, we haven't talked about that yet. Um, I say, yeah, basically uh, round out everything. I wanted that to be the last thing you, we talked about as we close this out. Yeah. Because I saw the shirt and I was like, I saw that Built you're starting strong. marketing for it as well. Yes. So. Built Strong Powerlifting Championships. This is the fourth year, and it started in USAPL, and then it was USPA, and now it's WRPF. So this is the first year. We, I've always done it with JP at Strong Barbell Club because mm -hmm. that's where my business came from was that area. And so this year I moved to South Carolina, and it's like it's important for you to, you know, you're a meat director now. Like, you're, this is your home now. New federation, new state, new gym. <laughs> um all new athletes is so it's so it is it's intimidating but i've done a lot of intimidating things i always bite off more than i can chew but i always you know it, it always goes down the hatch <laughs> um and i people get so scared of doing they'll have a vision right and then they get so scared because they're like how the hell am i going to pull this off and i've thought that many times but guess what i always pull it off and it's not me it's we right i get i involve people right give them a chance to be a part of something and i mean goddess how i pulled that off like let me cut let me get the list of people out here and put them in the camera um so with the special olympians i started in 2018 i was working at like a globo gym a health spa where the purple shirt hated it hated it i was powerlifting at the time this was before fortress and i look over it's on a sunday and this coach is over there with all these special needs athletes and i was just like my jaw was on the floor and then they were all powerlifting and i'm like oh powerlift with them and so i chased the coach down in the parking lot and i was like hey tell me what what is this and he was like oh well um this is the special olympics powerlifting team and i just like started crying immediately because bunnies and you know puppy dogs make me cry um i was like 
I need to be a part of this. I was like, do you need another coach? And he's like, yeah, you can come and volunteer. So I drove out there once a week, an hour there and back every single Sunday. And it was the highlight of my week working with these special Olympians or special Olympics. And so how the built strong happened, because that's not special Olympics, right? We're USPA, WRPF, whatever. Mm -hmm. So I'm training these athletes. They're getting one practice a week. There's 20 of them. There's these coaches that I, you know, me and maybe one other kind of knew what we were doing. Um, and I'm like, I'm like, oh my God, they're not squatting to depth. And they're squatting like, why are you wearing those shoes? And and then like I would take them to their special Olympic meets, which you know, at a higher level, they're they're great. But at like the local level, they have volunteer coaches coming out there and they're like calling the commands and I'm like, that's not how you say pinch commands. <laughs> and they're letting them squat high. And now I'm not, I'm not judging. Okay. Like I am so grateful for that. It, and that was just in that area. I haven't been to any local meets around here, but it totally depends who's running the show. Right. But I had, like, I was working with a blind guy named Patrick and he's a monster. Right. And he had a 525 pound squat and wraps, but he wasn't squatting to death and we take him to a competition and they gave him the squat and i was like i am not proud of this <laughs> i'm like i'm like patrick you can squat to death and we're getting you out of those stupid wraps we're gonna put you we're gonna make you a raw squatter so i talked to his dad and his dad is awesome but his dad like when you start squatting to depth in sleeves that's gonna take 100 pounds off your squat like boom and then you gotta teach a blind guy to like walk out you know, and not crooked. And so I met, I met with him twice a week in addition to the special Olympics. So now I'm, and I was like, well, I'm going to put you in a USAPL competition. I was like, why do they have to compete once or twice a year? Like these guys need to be competing, but they, who's advocating for them, right? Who's, who's been like, Hey, you can come, like you can invite special Olympic athletes in your area. And they can compete in the WRPF and we're making a way for that. Um, that's a segue. But so that that was the goal, right? Is just to get these and the USAPL has a place for it and the USPA created a place for it. Now WRPF is. Um, and this is going to be like the pilot meet for it, right? So please come and help me. Please want to come and help me, Sean? Ryan, come on. Yeah. I drove five and, a half, five and a half hours up here. Y'all can drive down there. Is it five and a half? From it's, it's not bad. Oh, okay, so maybe it's six. It, maybe it's six and a half or I'm seven. Used to that. Where are you at in South Carolina? Uh, Columbia. But it's going to be in Greenville. Malden at TriFit. You know those guys? Uh you you love well, those guys. My sister lives in Charleston, so I was oh, okay. Like, I was wondering how far there to like you know just pinpoint. Yeah, um, well Charleston's like two hours from me, which is in Columbia, so like three hours from Greenville. Anyway, so I um, so I started getting athletes in, uh, like training them outside of the special Olympic practice, so they could like actually get good at the sport year round mm -hmm. and i'm like these athletes can lift a standard now granted like some of the lifters with autism they have mobility problems and and whatnot but for the most part if you they can power lift like everybody else and they might have they might need a coach that helps them with like social cues a little bit better or whatever or if they're blind you might have to walk them out on the platform <laughs> you know but it's not that it's it's not that different and actually it's 
it's incredible because these at the attitude that these lifters have about being out there and being able to do anything at all you don't see anybody out there complaining no, the they're they're so happy and they're dancing yeah. and and it will change your life so jp and i decided um to make a special olympian day and attach it to built strong so day two we um did the special olympians and so day one was drug tested and then day two was the special olympians well last year we did it and it was huge it was awesome we had john hack came out there and back spotted we had um we had tons of sponsors and people want to get behind it right and so it's really started to grow but now we're here and i'm in a new fed a new state and all new all new athletes i have to get to know that was the meet and greet i'm like I'm like, y'all come to my party. I'm going to introduce myself. So I try to get everybody in the area together, but I just, people need to get their eyes on it, right? I, I want to connect the Special Olympics, the, the Special Olympians inside of the Special Olympics and have them also be able to compete outside of the Special Olympics. But their parents or their caregivers not necessarily going to advocate for that. Number one, because they don't know. So that's my goal is to create awareness. This meet will bring awareness. We might, I think we're going to have a full flight of special Olympians. But, you know, even if we have five, they're still going to get the royal treatment. Mm -hmm. We're going to have sponsors. We're going to have people come out and help. It was going to do be a two-day meet, but we moved it to a one-day, two-session. So drug tested in the morning, and then we'll have untested and special Olympians. We're going to treat it like a prime time. They're um, signing up. They'll sign up through a jot form on on my website like if you go in my instagram you can go and they'll sign up there so that they can bypass the payment and i'll just manually enter their information but our goal is to raise money um and we'll start doing the built strong fundraiser um in september well you know from sponsors or donations or whatever and the goal is because how much would you say that it costs an athlete to compete registration membership um bells and whistles is it not counting gear yeah i mean not not counting gear but also like as a meat director because we got to get the medals right mm -hmm. if if the special olympian is not paying for the if they're not paying for the meat then we're not making money to pay for mm -hmm. their you know their participation in it right so where's that money going to come from and that's kind of like the our our aim is to be able to have these athletes be able to compete in the federation and to compete in any federation really and not have to you know endure all the costs of it because it's an expensive sport but they need to be able to compete year-round so we're kind of trying to figure that out um and all of that will be coming out i've been having to tie up loose ends actually finding out if any special olympians and then like on the street i'm like hey do you know any special olympians that went to powerlift and come to my meet but we're getting them and um i'm, I'm really excited like i said i was just gonna do it we're just going to do it. We're all going to come together and do it. And the building's not going to burn down and everybody's going to be fine. It'll all work out. There might be a technical difficulty or we might need to figure out how to do it better yet next year because something didn't go well this year. But guess what? Everybody lives. Everybody gets their total. Everybody has a great time. And 
I just make sure everybody wants to come back, right? And that's what we do as meat directors. Like if there's a problem, we're like making sure nobody else is affected by that problem as right. much as we can. But usually like things go very smoothly. This is a new thing. So Special Olympians inside of the WRPF is starting to happen. And um, everybody's been really supportive of it. Joe was like, we need to get them to, you know, to the Arnold so they can have their own like, you know, exposition, mm -hmm. ex exhibition event, you know, where it's like deadlifting. It's, we want them to be a part of what we're doing. Right. They deserve to, but mm -hmm. who's, they can't sign up for themselves. Mm -hmm. So we're going to be there for them. And we want to get people interested in it. We want to train gym owners how to bring them in, um, how to you know meet directors, how to get them in the meet. So it's going to be problem solving along the way. But people think they got to have everything figured out before they start doing it. You don't. You just do it. And then you're like, well, shit, we got this problem. Let's figure it out. Kim? We have another problem. Can you figure it out for me? Thanks. That's Ryan. Ryan's the app builder. It's going to say, I mean, there's always going to be issues. It's funny. Before our first WRPF meet, we did a podcast and I said, I was like, this is going to be our longest meet. And it was. And there were problems. And they won't happen again. Yeah. Yeah. I like mean, we've, we've done other charity meets. So like we did a um, basically a pride type yep. event. Cool. Uh, yeah. Richmond Strong's going to be here. They're yep. sponsoring this yes. event. Right. We I can't it. wait so to meet Gabby. It was with them. It was yeah. through them. Okay. Awesome. So that was a full meet, like 45, 46 lifters. Yes. And then we're doing a meet um, for Epilepsy Awareness awesome. in November. Hey, November. by the way, you guys, if you ever want me to like, come up and help with something, Oh, it's kind of like, like we said, you're home now. So like, yeah. just come through the front door. Okay. We have your contact info. Okay. Don't hit the we'll, doorbell. Just we'll be, we'll be okay. reaching out. Okay. And then um, we're doing female only meets next year as well. Yeah. Awesome. Like female kind of, judges, yeah. refs, spot load, athletes. That's like that. We're best, trying to do that too. It kind of was inspired a little bit by Goddess. And then. Yes. No. Yeah. Goddess was yeah. the yeah. Ladies just of Liberty. Just don't do it the same way. Yeah. Weekend. So it's in July. And oh, okay. Ladies good. of Liberty. Um, oh, I love that. Yeah. We have a lot of fun coming up with the names. Yeah. Isn't it? It's the best. Like, I'm telling you, female powerlifting is where it's at. Well, so we had one it member really is. who traveled, what was it? She traveled to, was it Delaware or Maryland? For the Never Alone meet? You talking about that one? I think so. And it was, it was another women's only, but it was like a little bit smaller. And we were like, I make everybody travel. Like, again, we and didn't we watch Goddess that. too when... Yeah, up. we didn't expect the powerlifting community to be as full force as it was here. And then it was like, okay, well, let's cater to them. So yeah. we did Richmond Strong. Yeah. We want to be that that community for anybody. We want everybody to feel welcome. And then it was, you know what? Why not do... Because to be fair, we did actually want to do a women's only with USPA. Mm -hmm. That was supposed to be our February meet and that mm -hmm. got changed. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we really wanted that to that be time. women's only. Um, and that's kind but of then we, <laughs> we pitched it to Sabrum. We were like, we have people that want this. And he was like, let's do it. Yeah. So it's starting off. I think it's going to be a one day, but I if it come. fills up, then he's going to open it to two days. I mean, that's how a lot of ours started. It was all just one day. And then we got to like January or February. And he was like, you guys okay if I open it up to two? And then since then we have two day meets all over the place. So it's Yeah. And, and that's, that's what it's about. You know, like we, 
we help each other out. We come together. We're a community. Well, nobody, I can't stand these turf wars or like, excuse my language, but swinging dick at each other. You know, like we can all work together mm -hmm. and grow this because there is room for everyone. There's always a seat at our table, unless you're a piece of shit. Um, but like, we like i want to come and help you guys with the exciting things that you're doing if you're if you're doing something good in the community and you're going to be doing an event where somebody's life is going to change like just seeing somebody smile and you know like when they walk off that platform whether it's because they got a pr or because you know everyone in the room cheered for them and they made new and you see you see something change in them right there's mm -hmm. nothing better than seeing somebody um, yeah me and travis talked about that yeah. it's that, I, I live for that i live for that and that's the kind of people that fortress wants to align themselves with um and we we don't want to be our own thing right Fortress is just what I can handle, right? Uh, we want to be buddies with chaos, um, buddies with the cave. Like all my athletes are going up to the cave to do this good guys meet that I competed mm -hmm. in last year where I got my pro total. I'm competing in it this year. Are you yeah. really? Yes. We'll that's awesome. And, you know, a lot of that's usually, um, you know, built strong is around that time. And, and I, like not for one second am I like, gosh, I I want Travis and Jessica, I want Fortress athletes to go to their gym and be in their meets. Like, I mean, I'm elated for that. I'm going up there, you know? Um, and I just think that if we work together and we find people that we can trust that are going to be there for us, like as leaders, like we can show up for each other. Like I know Sean's going to, come through and I know I can trust that guy and you know if you ever want to call Liz and say hey can you come out and be a part of this event um, I'll be like yeah and then I'll bring a team of five really awesome people with me hmm. um, and because the more the merrier right the more we work together the more good we can do and that's all I want there's been the panelist has been a dark place last year or so mm -hmm. and we need to like steer it back in the other direction but we're so good I, was say, I think that. i think it's yeah. on the right path yeah now that we've everything that's changed has changed and uh -huh. people have emerged mm -hmm. um and i see like we're on a better path now yeah yeah and seeing action actually be taken with things when they happen and not just swept to the side exactly yeah and people that's will avoid a good opportunity because they don't know what it's going to be like you know whether it's going and volunteering at an event but then they do, and not one time has anybody ever taken time out of their day to go do something that's positive, and they didn't leave and be like, "Wow, I'm really glad I mm -hmm. got off my ass." And you know, I didn't watch. What do people watch these days? I don't know. I haven't watched TV in forever. Like, so we're nerds who watch yeah. anime. So yeah, no, you watch yeah. anime. Yeah, Weirdos. you couldn't tell. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I I'm not surprised. You, you go over to the warm up. Room. I mean, I probably would if I had time to. I yeah. just, I'm, I'm that you know, mom that watches crime like murder documentaries, and that's me. <laughs> yeah, uh, so. I'm always like, well, at least somebody's life is harder than mine. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so uh, that brings me to a cool question then to kind of end things off. What is 
your favorite crime oriented show or movie okay and if you could place yourself in it how would your character act in it okay um i so i love morbid that's not a show that i like crime documentaries right Mm -hmm. but there's it's usually like a one time show Mm -hmm. um but i watch i listen to morbid podcast and um i if so if i was in the crime who would i be what role would i play yeah are you the investigator oh i'm absolutely the 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 investigator are you the victim oh i i don't like blood and guts i can't no uh uh-uh so I definitely couldn't be the serial killer. Um, and obviously I don't want to be the victim. Right. And if I was, I would definitely get out of the situation because some of these decisions that these people make, like, why are you doing that? Um, but I absolutely the investigator or like the person that discovers the crime just because they're like paying attention, you know, and they call the detective, um, having an eye for something that's not right you know Fair enough. having those um gut instincts ladies <laughs> you're never wrong your gut is never wrong do you hear me your gut is never wrong anyway oh, no. everybody knows what i'm talking about i wouldn't mind being a black dahlia just you know universal <laughs> mystery for everyone to try and solve for decades yeah forever remembered <laughs> Hey, uh, that's my favorite is Black Dahlia. I have Dahlia tattooed on my arm. Yeah, so it's not black, it's red, but. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I'd have to think about that one. I mean, my brain exploded with so many different. You're going to be here all weekend, so I'll probably get the answer. Yeah, I really like cult leader stuff, and people do call me a cult leader, and we kind of are, but I, I mean, are you a cult leader though if you say you're one so that probably that's just fair. goes yeah. ahead and you like yeah. negates the possibility of me being one <laughs> but we do have our certain things <laughs> <laughs> um we follow the religion of huge ass and big totals huge ass big huge totals <laughs> astrology <laughs> astrology <laughs> i'm an astron astronomer <laughs> that was good that was funny all right we'll wipe that up guys that'll be the end of this episode of controlled chaos we want to thank liz again for coming yep. out thank you guys so much i appreciate it i'm looking forward to the clinic this weekend i don't know who's more excited you or us because like i feel like we've been talking about it a lot for a while because <laughs> it's been a slow two months for us so like i thought it was in the beginning of august and it was like wow towards the end so yeah, yeah we, we've been waiting for this well i've done a lot i've taught a lot of seminars done a lot of clinics and one thing that i've learned is we just kind of roll with it it's very interactive and i'll teach people to squat bench and deadlift like all day long the most interesting things about it we learn a few things about that but the most interesting thing are like our like mindset talking about those kinds of things <laughs> um and you know things like peaking proper peaking um how to just those kinds of things are probably what you'll hear at this seminar that you don't hear at other seminars Mm -hmm. you'll you'll learn how to squat bench and deadlift that's easy to teach people (laughs) all right let's go i gotta go get my dog do it all right yeah